0: Hello, this is Matt, Kosey, Mark, Mark Ian, James, Mel, Zach, this is David. This is PSG Token.
1: Le seul podcast sur le
0: PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and we are recording on Saturday, March 19th. And on today's show, I have a special guest with me who will help debrief the debacle at the Bernabeu Stadium and look forward to what the future of PSG might look like. Let's go ahead and bring him in here. We have Lee Davey. He's a writer for League 1, Eurosport, and Get French Football News, and a longtime PSG supporter you may have seen him on our YouTube channel traveling to the away matches to watch PSG on Champions League nights. And Lee, that's where I want to start with you. You were at the Bernabeu Stadium. What was the atmosphere leading up to that match between PSG and Real Madrid? And for that first 45 minutes, you know how high was your confidence level that PSG would finish this tie off in advance in the Champions League?
1: Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on, Ed. It was good to be on the show. So thanks for having me back. I'm much appreciated.
0: Of course. Um,
1: I, th- I think if I'm going to answer this question, I have to answer it from how I feel when I wake up in the morning. Now, it was a very early start. It was a 4 a.m. start for me because I flew out the day of the game. And I think it's really important that I touch on this purely because... I had the same feeling going to Madrid as I had going to Barcelona in 2017. There's something sometimes just doesn't feel right. It's my intuition. It's a good feeling. I don't know. I I get a feeling over me that something's not going to go right. And I had that same feeling heading out to Madrid that morning. I really did. And I just, you know, I didn't kind of play on it. I tried to ignore it. Something didn't feel right. And, um, Anyway, leading up to it, it, it was great. I mean, around the city itself, PSG fans everywhere creating lots of, you know, lots of noises they usually do. Um, and, there were, you know, when I got to the stadium around about, it was probably around about two hours before kickoff. When I got to the stadium, the atmosphere was fantastic. It was brilliant. The ultras were doing their march and, you know, the fans everywhere filming it. It was, you know, that one goal lead, everything felt you know from their perspective you, you would have think you know PSG in the ascendancy gonna see it through but still within me it just didn't I don't know I just didn't feel right about the game and um, it took an hour and a half to get into the stadium um, very heavy-handed Spanish police as, as they regularly are um, anyone who's been to Real Madrid Barcelona or any you know, um, Spanish football ground as an away fan, away European fan will will know exactly what I'm talking about. Took an hour and a half to get into the stadium. Uh, when I finally got in, got them into my seat, everything, you know, the they, you know, PSG fans were in okay voice. Uh, you know, I've, I've heard them better. You know, I've heard better atmospheres in the past, but um, I don't know. I think there was an air of caution about it just because even though deep down, I think we felt we'd escaped the the issues of the past this round of 16 jinx it just felt as though you know there could be a potential issue here it could be a slip up and I think that just comes from the performances that we've had to endure this season That you know they haven't been convincing and going away to to Madrid who let's be honest this is their competition regardless of what state they're in now um it, it felt as though there could be a twist and I certainly felt that myself
0: Interesting. And in that first 45 minutes after Mbappe scores the goal, I I think I had tweeted something that it was kind of sounding like a library in there. Did you get that sense that some of the Madrid supporters kind of were starting to accept defeat or was that air of confidence because it is their tournament. Did you feel like the fans were still in it just on television? It just sounded pretty dead, pretty quiet in there not a big champions league night in Madrid. And I thought, okay, PSG have taken the crowd out. They've got a two goal lead. I felt really confident. I did a halftime show for the club and, I, I was like, well, we'll at least get another goal, if not more. I, I thought that my confidence level was extremely high. What were you like at halftime?
1: Well, I sat next to a, a, a guy who's uh, we, we we got chatting through the majority of the game, and because uh, I went out to Madrid on my own, it was you no know, none of my buddies were got themselves a ticket for that game, so I was out there, and um, yeah, we we was talking about it, and he even from the start said this this will go to penalties. This will go to penalties. We're, we're not going to see this through. And, you know, looking at the way the first half went, it was it was backs to the walls for Madrid. I thought PSG handled it fantastically and Bappe looked dangerous. Um, the only diff- the only disappointing thing that PSG didn't, you know, there weren't two, three goals ahead. And, you know, starting to the second, half, I get to half time and I'm just like, right, OK, you know, we've quieted the crowd down. what for one, we're a goal to the good. Um, with two goals up in aggregate, surely we can see this through. It's forty-five minutes, but then that doubt creeps in, Ed, because you know that PSG have already played for ninety minutes the whole season. You get a, you, you get short spells in the second half. You maybe play well in the first half, but do enough to get through and and see the game through? But this is a whole different ball game altogether. Um, this is the Champions League. You, you've got to play. You've got to fight for 90 minutes. And that was one of the things that kind of I worried about. You know, if we conceded a silly goal at a silly time, would we invite pressure on? Would we cause problems for ourselves? And obviously Mbappe's goal was disallowed um in this in the second half which really would have would have sewn the game up because the the stadium was quiet it was finished they were finished they knew they thought this is over we've got 30 minutes left and they didn't even look like scoring they didn't look dangerous on the you know when they were attacking there was there was just nothing to suggest that they were going to turn this round in the last 30 minutes and then we we decide to you know hit the self-destruct button and, and from there, you just felt it, and it was really weird because I did exactly the same thing as I did in Barcelona. When Benzema scored the first goal, I sat back in my seat. I literally did this: I put my head, I put my my, my, my head in my hands, and I was like,
0: "Here it oh comes! My God,
1: this is going. This is going to be a, a horrible final half hour. Horrible." Uh, yeah, I, well, I wanna. Yeah, the only,
0: yeah. I want to ask you about that goal before we get too far into it because I thought the right choice was starting Donnarumma over Navas. I just I think he's a better goalkeeper at this stage in both of their careers. Um, what did you think about that? I, I think it was absolutely a foolish play from Donnarumma. He should absolutely never do that. I think I tweeted him yesterday saying practice clearing the ball, not passing it across your goal. So there's no question that he made a mistake there. Where do you stand on Benzema? fouling Donnarumma and should VAR have stepped in and said and disallowed that goal what are your thoughts on that just whole incident there um I thought it was a
1: foul I thought it was a foul um I, I, I think that that happens at any other point if that happens to Courtois Courtois gets the foul um that's my that was my opinion I'm not saying that as a bitter PSG fan I just think that is it that's a foul and the fact that it didn't go to to, to VAR uh, I don't believe it did Go to VAR, did
0: it? Um, I, not that I'm aware yeah, of. That, no,
1: that, no, 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 I don't. You know, I don't. I don't remember that them being a, doing a uh, VAR check within the stadium. Anyway, but um I think that you are you're in a position where you're, you you're you given the referee a decision to make, and that should never have been the case. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it was poor goalkeeping. Look. In terms of Donnarumma, I think he was it was it was the best choice to play him for me. I I prefer him as a goalkeeper as much as I rate Navas. I think Donnarumma is the future of the club, and I think that we need to we're in a position now where we start need to look to the start to need to look to the future. Um, I don't have any problem with with the club starting him at all, but it was a massive learning curve for the boy, and there's a pretty good chance that he won't do that again. Let's be honest.
0: No. And so people point their blame at him. Some go to the managers. And so that's where I want to go to next is we haven't really seen this sort of capitulation from PSG probably since Manchester United when Tuchel was at the helm. You know, it's like, where do you like, why did you think that this happened? You kind of know the PSG's history, but they've gotten over it. So who do you blame? Is it the manager? Do you blame the players? Pochettino's subs, I thought, were questionable. He waited way too long, but Messi and Neymar were largely absent. I thought Marquinhos had a really poor match as well. So where do you place the blame? Is it the manager or is it the players or is it both? Um, I think two key
1: parts of this are, first and foremost, PSG were playing in cruise control. I think they thought they were through. They made that same mistake they made against Manchester United. They were 2 nil up from the first leg against Manchester United, and they played in cruise control and thought they were through. I thought that there was elements of that that they did again, especially when they resumed for the second half. They were almost playing at walking pace, and it was like, you know, they should be going out and trying to finish the game off, but they were they were playing at walking pace, and you could see some really poor ball retention you could see slowly that you know Real Madrid were sensing an opportunity and it was always going to come from a mistake it was always going to come from a mistake because there was an air of complacency starting to creep in in that second half so I would put it down to that again they've not clearly not learned their lessons but so they've done that again in terms of conceding the goal and then going on to concede another two I'd put that down to a lack of leadership and this is where you need your big players on the pitch to literally get hold of the team and say, right, for the next five minutes, we stay firm, we stay calm, we shut them out, we keep our shape, um, and we don't give anything away. Because you give a quick five second second goal away, and then straight away, you're on the back foot then. And, you know. It's in Madrid's hands that, you know, after that, Madrid started to build momentum. They got the crowd behind them. But at no point did anybody come in. There was no leaders on that pitch that says to the rest of the team, right, hold up here, guys. This is what we need to do. We need to dig in for the next 10 minutes. We need to get back control of this game. Let's try and keep possession of the ball. Don't panic. There was nothing there. And this is where, without being overly critical, this is where Marquinhos lacks as captain. As much as I think he's a fantastic footballer, this was the biggest test of his captaincy, and he failed. He failed it. And this was always something that Tiago Silva he had pointed at him, especially after the Barcelona um game in, in 2017. But and I don't like to keep talking about him, but that's where you needed Zlatan. That's where you needed Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Blaise Matweedy, Tiago Motta. We needed those type of plays that we don't have anymore in that situation to go in and literally, you know, sort it out, get, get, get control of the game, get control of the players and lead from the front.
0: No, hundred percent. And I don't know how accurate this is, but there's been reports of some doubt in the locker room that Marquinhos should be captain for the very reasons you just talked about. I sort of point to Benzema. That was a guy who came out from the opening whistle and you could tell he was out for blood. He wanted to score. He was even yelling at some of his own players for not getting up. They were trying to win a, a foul, a free kick or something like that, and, and he had a scoring opportunity. That's a guy that just was not going to let his team lose. It wasn't going to be his fault. He grabbed Real Madrid yeah. by the scruff of their neck, and he dragged them over the finish line. And as great as we all know that Mbappe is, I don't know if he has that. I, don't, I think Zlatan has it. Very few players have it. Benzema does. I don't think Mbappe has it yet. Mbappe could not, you know, take his team and, not, and and refuse to lose. He was not out for blood like Benzema. And that was the big difference I saw between those two players that play relatively the same position. Benzema outplayed Mbappe. And and at this stage of their career, that shouldn't have been the case. I know Mbappe scored and all that, but Benzema had a hat trick. And he, he was out there laser-focused and would not let his team lose. And I think that's to your point, where PSG just lacked that leadership. We, just, we No one on the pitch, Marquinhos, no one could do that for us. And That's where I sort of put the blame. I mean, what do you think about Benzema's performance there? Is that the type of player that PSG are missing? We need that caliber of leadership combined with skill.
1: Yeah, obviously he's in the twilight of his career, but he's still such a such a wonderful, wonderful footballer, you know, deadly. Um, you can see in the first half is that, you know, he, he, his movement was, in, was incredible. He'd moved in, in between Kimpembe and, and, and Marquinhos and he'd find these pockets of space and he was winning all the headers. Um, and, you know, I said to the gentleman next to me, I was like, he's going to be a problem. If we don't deal with him, this is going to be a huge problem for us. And obviously we didn't deal with him, but he was on the hand to put those three goals away. Since I got back, I, I can't. Bring myself to watch the game where well, I've still not seen the goals back. I cannot do it. I'm not ready to do that. Um, it's still quite raw for me, as it sure is for you and everybody else. Um, but look, it's it's again, it's it's that's he's just a born winner. You know, he's been there, at the top of the game. You know, he, he, he's been to the very top. He's won the Champions League four times, a um, countless of the trophies. He's uh, he's just a phenomenon, and uh, you know, he, he's he he, he he you know reigns supreme on the night and. For me, I, again, not being bitter, but it, it shouldn't have been that way. It should have been Mbappe reigning supreme on the night. You know, the game was comfortable. The first leg was comfortable, you know. Um, the second leg for 60 minutes was comfortable. So, to throw it away in 15, 16 minutes of madness, it, it doesn't make sense to me, you know. It, it, um, it makes no sense. It, and <laughs> it makes no sense, but this is, you know, we put ourselves through this year after year, Ed, and... Uh, we're suckers for punishment. We keep coming back for more, don't we? It's like uh, you know, you know, w- in the hope that one day they're going to get over the line, and uh, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. But um, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's frustrating. It's, it's it's you know, it drives you insane. You just want to, you know, log out of Twitter and put all your shirts, your jerseys back in the drawer and just, I've had enough of you. You put, you know, you know, you're three, few days later, there's another game and you, you're addicted again. <laughs> it,
0: yeah. These podcasts have been more like group therapy. I, I couldn't watch the goals. <laughs> none of the highlights. I didn't watch the post game. Like, I don't care what Jamie Carriger has to say. Um, I just, I just couldn't watch it. It's been terrible. I'd rather talk yeah. to fans and people think, Oh, PSG, it's easy being a fan. You have all this money, you buy the stars and like, no, this is the most difficult team to follow in in the world they they will just disappoint you they make you feel awful the laughing stock like no one takes PSG serious they've done this too many times uh in the champions league with all eyes on them so it's it's difficult but um (laughs) go ahead yeah it's
1: uh, it was just it's just one of those situations that uh just um i guess for me in terms of how i felt i it was a strange one because it went to 2-1, They went to 3-1, and I just sat in my seat and I just shook my head and I was like, I just looked up to the heavens and I was like, I can't believe this is happening again. I can't what? believe this, it's happening. We're not going to score. We're not going to score. When Messi had the free kick in, in injury time, he's not going to score. We're not going to score this is you know we are going out again we're going to humiliate ourselves again and then you've got all of the other stuff that you know people don't travel they're not able to travel to these away games gets where where you you're held in the stadium for an hour and 10 minutes afterwards you know and just because they want to keep you there and people are getting frustrated and you know because you want to go back to your hotel and then you get escorted to a different part and then you have to do a load of walking before you get to your metro station so again it's it's that on top of it and you just think oh i just want to go home i just want to go home um so you know it's what you put yourself through it's 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 part of the part of this journey isn't it? it's part of being a fan, it's but, but you know you did some horrible times, and I've got too many horrible times there. that I want some good times. Uh,
0: when PSG, if and when they ever win the Champions League, that is going to be the party of the century. I might even go over to Europe for that party. It's going to be just, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And um, it'll be good. It'll be good. It, it will be good. Real quick, let me just ask you. You, you mentioned they moved you to a different. Part of the stadium or whatever and you just wanted to get back. What was the atmosphere of the ultras? You mentioned leading into the game It wasn't up to that level that maybe you've experienced other times But after the final whistle and it all became real was it just dead silence were people throwing things? What was that like from with the ultras there after the game?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question, Ed. I'll be honest with you. Um, In Barcelona, because that was the first time, that the, the first real capitulation was Barcelona. And I try and, I know I keep coming back to Barcelona, but I try and um compare it to how I felt and the emotions that people went through that night. And it was, it was stunned silence in Barcelona. Those people were just like head in their hands, just like staring into space, looking at the scoreboard that said 6-1 on it and just thinking, what the hell have I just seen? It wasn't like that in Madrid. It wasn't because we'd had Manchester United two years afterwards. And then obviously we've gone on to this situation as well. So it was really strange because after all the Madrid fans had kind of left the stadium, you know, there was what, 1800 PSG fans just sitting up in the gods and just waiting to be let out. And people were chatting, they were laughing, they were joking. They were, you know, there, there were people who were just chatting to each other. It was like they've become accustomed to it. And I, I think I tweeted out at the time just saying that these these guys are just getting on with it. They've accepted it. They know how to deal with this. This is nothing new. This is not shocking anymore, right? Because this these set of fans have been through so much European heartbreak. Is that this is, this is you know, the, the, like I say, they, 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 they're, they're, they're accustomed to it now. And the way people just carried on, it was like, okay, all right, we're out. We've lost, but hey, we've been here before. You know, it's we can't do anything about it. We get on with it. I think, if anything, the most disappointing thing is that literally two players came over to applaud the fans. Every, you know, I think it was Kimpembe. It might have been Adrisa Garner Um Two players came over to applaud the fans at the end of the game who had. Obviously sat through that disappointment and, you know, everybody else literally went straight into the changing rooms. And um, I don't know, I you know, there's no written rule that players have to do that. But I think there's some appreciation really, not just for the fans that have travelled in the time and effort and money that had gone into travelling over there, but also because, hey, you know, they, let's be honest, the, the fans have endured, you know, quite a lot of tripe this season. It's not, it's not been great. Let's be honest there. So, it's been you know that was slightly disappointing but hey it is what it is it is what it is yeah. uh, you know.
0: if, if they would have won I'm sure the whole team would have came over and uh, applauded you so it is a little disappointing to hear that only a couple of players came over um, yeah that, that, that is disappointing. Switching gears a little bit and actually just before we move on the, the when you said the player the, the the fans had just accepted what happened that's like the most devastating thing to hear. And it's the most. It's so accurate too. Um, Yeah, we've just become accustomed to being the laughing stock of Europe, and this happens way too many times. So, um, appreciate you sharing that. But switching gears slightly, I want to talk about Mbappe and his contract situation. You know, where do you stand on that? Do you think it's a done deal? He's as good as gone to Real Madrid, and do you think that the way that PSG lost this tie had any impact on what his decision ultimately is? Um.
1: Adam Hope stays. these days, there's a chance. If I'm a betting man and I'm, I'm not, and I'm not anymore anyway, uh, if I'm a betting man, I think he'll go. But I think there's a part of Kylian Mbappe that wants to see what PSG looks like post May, post May, post June. I think he wants to know what sporting project is there. I think for Pete, I think for him, it's not about the money. I think he's made that quite clear. I don't think, you know, I think that's what it is. He's look, the guy's a multi, multi-millionaire, whoever he plays for. So, you know, that's that's never gonna be never gonna be a question of money, which says a lot about him as, as a man. But I do think that he, he's interested in 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 what PSG looks like. I think if presented with the right sporting project, with the right people coming in, addressing the issues that are currently there at the club. I think it will turn his head and make him think. Still, whether he stays or not, I, I I don't know. I don't think Real Madrid are in a great position right now either. I think great, you know, they've got a nice shiny new stadium that they're that they're doing up. It. That's fantastic. But, you know, they, they've been they've been they've been handed a quarterfinal place. They they're not a great side. They're not a great side at all. He'll of course, he will. But they're not a great side. They've got a very ageing midfield, an ageing strike force. Defence is not fantastic. Um, but maybe if it, you know if it's a case for him that he wants a new challenge, then fair enough. He spent he spent all his career playing in France. <clears throat> if he wants a new challenge, then no one can you know say to him no. Otherwise, you know, fair enough, fantastic. Go and enjoy yourself. Thanks for. Thanks for everything you've done for the club. Um, um Sorry, bear with me. I'm getting, it's getting a bit dark down here in England. I'm just going to put my bit, light yeah. on. Is that all right? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappearing. I'm disappearing bit by bit. That's better. There sorry we go. There that. we go. Um, it, it's just, it's just, we're just getting to dusk over here in England at the moment. So um, I just thought I would um, put some light on. That's a little bit better. Sorry You're about good. that. Yeah, f- finish
0: um, your thought on Mbappe there.
1: Yeah. So um, I, I, I th- I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that he'll listen that PSG will start to make the right moves. Um hopefully they'll make those moves sooner rather than later. I think even as soon as the title's wrapped up, which you'd expect certainly within the next three to four weeks, um you would expect uh, I'm hoping then there'll be some some movement on on what's going to happen, certainly in the hierarchy. Um, sporting director, coaching position. Um, and I'm pretty sure that'll be um communicated down to Mbappe because his contracts up at the end of June. So there's not much time to play with. But if he goes and look, he goes. And I've I've resigned myself to thinking that he's gonna go. We need to plan for next season without him. If he stays, it would be incredible, it'd be wonderful. But if he does stay, this club has got to build and rebuild in the right way and you know and, and, and learn from the mistakes that this club's been making over and over and over again. So it needs to be a new era of Paris Saint-Germain if he's going to stay, and I think they need to. That needs to be a massive selling point for him, for him to even consider staying.
0: Yeah, I almost feel like PSG are forcing him out. You can tell that Mbappe he loves Paris, he loves France. Obviously, it's his home. After the yeah. loss to Madrid, he went and saw the PSG handball team live. Um, had all of his PSG gear on. I think he. In his heart, I think he wants to stay. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to bring the first Champions League title to Paris. I think that is infinitely better than anything he could ever accomplish at Real Madrid. And I think there is, maybe he doesn't feel it, but as a fan, I feel like you couldn't, you lost to Real Madrid twice in the Champions League. You can't beat them, and so you're going to go join them. I think your legacy takes a little bit of a hit there. When you go and join a team that's a little bit easier, I think you follow the NBA. It's sort of like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. He couldn't beat them, so he joined them and you won. But people kind of put an asterisk by that title. It's kind of like, okay, you joined the best team and you made them even better, great. You didn't stay where you were, and, and I guess now he's in Brooklyn, but you know, it's like with Mbappe, do you want to stay in Paris and try to beat that super team or beat the other teams, Manchester City, Bayern, whatever, and really own that accomplishment? You were the star on the team that did it. Or do you want to just go join... Real Madrid, who get all the breaks, and everyone thinks that they're going to win. I don't know. I feel like that takes a little bit of a hit to your legacy. What do you? What are your thoughts on on that? Whether like he should go to Real Madrid, and do you think that is meaningful in his legacy when he retires? Are people going to look and see? Well, he couldn't beat him, so he just joined them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with that. I would even probably lean towards his parents wanting him to stay for Paris a little bit longer as well. Um, It'd be nice to see him do a couple more years here and leave after the Olympics. So he represents France in the Olympics, which the club have already said, you know, if he was to stay, we'd we'd grant you the opportunity to play and use, uh, you know, play in the Olympics and miss potential fixtures with Paris Saint-Germain to go and do that. As I said, if he was to lead Paris Saint-Germain to, to Champions League glory, then it would be far and away one of his greatest achievements. Probably would trump the World Cup, just because of how much this club, how much this club wants this, how much this club is invested in this, how much <laughs> this club has been through in pursuit of winning this trophy. Um, you know, so for me, this would probably be his biggest achievement. And he he would he would be he would leave with 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 open arms. You know, I think you know at that point, if he was to lead central man to the Champions League, I think the fans would say, Killian, you you brought us the Holy Grail. Thank you for everything you've done. You know, go with our blessing and and go and you know go and, and go and do something else. Go and achieve your dreams elsewhere. You know, but thank you. You you know you've got here's the key to the city. So. I think there's that. I'd like to see another couple of years out of him, but he will obviously understand that it, it can't be forever. It can't be forever. You know, he has to put a time on it where he will want to go and play in another league and test himself in another league. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But I would love to see another two years out of him.
0: Yeah, I would and- love
1: to see him do another two years. And, and, and you know, this club, do everything they can, balance the squad out, bring in the right players, ship off the players that shouldn't be in the squad, bring in the right coach, bring in the right sporting director and go full assault at this and just, you know, change the whole mentality of the club. It's not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be quick changes. We may need two, three transfer windows, but we can do it within the two years. Um, So it'll be very, very interesting. It's going to be a very tense period at the end of the season because... I think in some ways, if you knew he was one hundred percent going, you'd just resign yourself to it and go, "Thanks, let's just enjoy it for the next few days, for the next few games, for the next few weeks." But I think it's going to become very, very tense actually at the end of the season, and all eyes will be on him to the point where you'll be checking the news every five minutes just to see what's really going on. Hopefully, you know he 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 stays. Obviously, we all want that, of course we do. But um, if he goes, there's a there's a there's a rebuild that's going to be needed to do, to be done. I think what hurts is a player a generational talent leaving for nothing it hurts it hurts it so much um, <laughs> He's a generational talent i mean how can he leave for nothing it's 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 preposterous i, I, I don't know what to say
0: it it is interesting and I'm curious to get your thoughts sticking with mbappe it's like if he were to leave and never come back at any point in his career does he get that statue we'll use that as the kind of the barometer here he's he's not psg's all-time leading scorer that is cavani didn't win the Champions League here. Um, he didn't win as many Coupe de France uh, trophies. Uh, obviously, PSG are out this year. So what does he have? Maybe four league on trophies? Yeah. I don't know if that's a, a, a club legend. I don't know if, if that gets you a statue out front of the Parc de France. So I almost feel like he has some unfinished business. Maybe you stay for two years and at the very least you become PSG's all-time leading scorer. That's something. That might get you you know, the, the statue out front. Um, and then in terms of his decision, I think that game on May 21st, I'm just looking at the fixture list, um, at home against Mets. Mets, you know, does yeah, P- Mets
1: the last game, yeah.
0: Does PSG do anything for Mbappe? Will that kind of tip off whether they know he's leaving or not? Like, or will Mbappe go around no. and, and or do anything to say goodbye to the fans? It's going to be interesting. All eyes are going to be on that fixture.
1: No, I don't think they'll do anything for him. I don't think they do. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the ultras do. Um, yeah, but okay. I don't think it's a club because I think down to the final moment where I think that the club will always see themselves in with a chance of, of, of renewing his contract until the moment he signs on that Real Madrid contract. So, no, I think they'll look at it as business as usual. We're not going to do anything different. We're just going to salute the players and lift the trophy. And, you know, I, I think that will be the case. But, you know, it, it, will it be going back to your initial question, will he be a club legend? Well, I suppose I'd throw that back at you and say, is Ibrahimovic a club legend?
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I, I would maybe put Cavani just because of the, the scoring record. I would put him there. He mm-hmm. was here longer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's where I would stand on it.
1: Okay. So, maybe you've got two options then. He sticks it out and becomes a club legend by potentially winning the Champions League or being the club's top scorer. Or he goes now And there is some kind of verbal agreement to come back in the future.
0: That's interesting. I know it's only
1: verbal. I know it's only verbal, but maybe, you know, after his Real Madrid contract's up to come home, that might be, that might be something you might look to do. Look, Real Madrid's his dream. Um, I don't. You know, there's a lot of English football fans that that look at it and say, oh, you know, he's been linked with Liverpool, get him to Liverpool, get him to Manchester City. It's not going to happen. I don't even think he'll play in England. I think he'll play in Real Madrid and he'll, he'll likely come back to Paris. I really do. Um, I think that, you know, as long as Paris are still competing at a at high level, still competing to push for Champions Leagues, I think he'd like to come back. I think he might come back with unfinished business.
0: Yeah, I mean that would be something that's nice. I always wonder how much love he has in his heart for Real Madrid. I mean, we also have seen the pictures; they're all Cristiano Ronaldo, who just happened to play for Real Madrid. And I think he maybe became infatuated as a young child, as we all are very impressionable. You have your favorite player, so of course, whatever team he's on, that's your favorite team. I I just don't know if he does have Real Madrid in his heart. He's from Paris. He would have seen PSG. He was, you know, watching football. He was really into it as PSG were coming up um, when QSI came in, in in 2011. So, I don't know. I feel like he was more of a Ronaldo fan than really passionate about Madrid. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he's, but I also think he's got into his mind that the only way he can win a Ballon d'Or is to play for Real Madrid. I think he's been told that by those closest to him. I Unless they go to the Super League. When you, <laughs> well there you go that's a that's a different story yet isn't it absolutely but it's a different point of conversation but absolutely yeah and who knows where that's going to go in the future right. um but you know we know that the the winners of ballon d'Ors genuine gen- generally win you know play play in spain and maybe he looks at that as is what his motivation is to for, for going there look we all know it's not the same real madrid team from four, five, six years ago, where they won three straight Champions Leagues. They haven't got those same players there. They're not the same team. They're a shell of that team. Um, you know, if you're looking for pure passion, football fans, um, Real Madrid isn't it. It isn't it. It's not a great atmosphere there. They're not great fans. And, you know, if he doesn't like some of the criticism that's aimed at his teammates at PSG, you wait till you go to Real Madrid oh, and yeah. get the white handkerchiefs out. <laughs> They're just as bad. The grass is totally not greener. Maybe it's just something that you know that he's always wanted to do. It's it's a boyhood dream to go and wear the white shirt. Um, maybe that's what it is. Uh, but you know, that's not to say it's all going to work out for him. I mean, I wish him all the best if he does go. You know, I'm no hard feelings. I'm not bit. I'm not going to be bitter about him leaving. He's given us five years where he's performed fantastically well. He's dragged us through games for the last dragged us through the last two seasons. Yeah. You know, without him, God knows where we would have been. Um, but you, you know, I'd even argue: would we even be top of the league if he if he wasn't here this season? Absolutely. Um, I'd, I'd probably say no. So you know, I'm I'm in in regards to that. I you know, I, I I thank him for for all the services given to the club. But you know, I'm still hopeful. I'm I'm not giving up yet. Yeah, I can't keep,
0: give up keep yet. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. I got. I two can't questions. give up <laughs> I got I got two questions for you, and then we can let you go here. I want to get your thoughts on the booing at the Bordeaux match, uh, the ultras basically whistling, jeering, booing everyone except for Mbappe. you think that was right from the ultras? They're calling for Leonardo, Nasser, even the owners of the club to basically leave. What do, what do you make of that whole situation? Um, I think it's
1: absolutely totally fine to vent your frustration, to vent your anger at individuals as a team or at individuals. I have no problem with that whatsoever. These are footballers that are paid a lot of money, um, who have underperformed and have come short. And that is it, you know, for me, as a as as a fan, you have that right. As long as you don't overstep the mark, you have the right to vent your anger and frustration at players or a team that are underperforming. Um, I think that their anger towards the hierarchy at the club is Probably a reflection of too many failures, too many failures over a long period of time, and it's their way of saying something needs to change now, and it needs to change now. We've had enough of this, we're had enough of being the laughing stock of Europe. These capitulations are happening far too often. We need a fundamental change, and the, 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 you know they've the outlined their points. The women's team, the jerseys that they, they play in, especially at home. The you know they, they, they feel that the club's just a, a marketing ploy, a marketing piece. It, that's what it is. Um, it's just for commercial deals. They they believe that um the young players are not are being mistreated and not being utilized in the right way. And uh, the wrong players are coming into the club. There's players that are, are not motivated. And Ed, how many? How, how much of
0: that is wrong? I can't think of anything. I mean, the fact how much that... Is
1: that how much of that is wrong? No, they're not wrong. No. we can all see it. We don't have to be PSG fans to see it. The amount of people that contact me on social media and talk to me about it and tell me they don't know a lot about PSG, but they can reel off what the problems are. <clears throat> you know, and and these are people that don't know PSG in and out, like in inside and out, like like I do, like you do, you know, like the journalists do. Um, it's it's blatant to see where the problems are and they're, they're raising them and I think it's right to show the hierarchy and say look we know what's going on here we know what the issues are right you can't keep this in the house anymore it's plain to see where the issues are we need change there needs to be change at the club so I have no problem with that whatsoever I have no problem with 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 the booing okay I probably wouldn't booed when the booed when they scored maybe just stay quiet on that you know turn my back or whatever probably wouldn't have <laughs> You know when Neymar's putting the ball in the back of the net, probably not a booed in then at that point. You know he, he scored for the club, but you know it, it's it's they, they've vented uh, their frustrations. I hope it doesn't continue at Monaco on Sunday. Look, they've got it out. It's if you're going to continue to boo, it's not going to change anything. Now we're at, you know you, you you've you've given your reaction to what happened in Madrid, and you know it's time to move on and, and wrap up this league title. We have to take it for what it is. Nobody's happy, of course they're not. Um, but I think I think they've made that point tonight.
0: Yeah, and I think that the booing is—you know—the defeats are obviously they they sting, they hurt, and, and fans are upset about that. But I think it's the way that PSG are losing. If we lost to a Bayern Munich like we did in the, in the Champions League final where it was hard fought and it was 1-0 and we didn't capitulate and all that. I think fans can accept that. But when you just go out yeah. there and you the way that PSG are losing, that's when the fans are like, no, this isn't good. And then you had the audacity to bring in uh, Draxler, a guy who clearly doesn't care about the club, clearly doesn't really care about football really, doesn't really want to play, doesn't want to leave, doesn't want to challenge himself. And you bring yeah. that player on – like, that's where fans are, are having issues. And so my last question for you, and you touched on it a little bit, let's say the Emir of Qatar hires you, Lee Davey, to come in, run this club. How are you going to fix PSG? You, you said it, maybe two or three transfer windows. What would you do? Maybe start at the top with Leonardo, the sporting director, and work your way down. How are you going to fix PSG?
1: Okay. First thing I'm going to do is um, I'm going to install a sporting director that will make the right decisions in the best interests of the club and not of one's ego It's going to leave the football to the footballing side of things to the coach. And that is QSI. That's the sporting director. They are going to leave the football, the on-field um, decisions and influences to the coach to run. That's the first thing. Second thing is I'm going to make it a predominantly French-speaking changing room. Okay, that has to happen. That has to happen. Right, and not a Spanish-speaking change room. And then look, it's 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 been predominantly Spanish-speaking. This is a French football club. If you, you know, I appreciate that, that, that. You know, players are going to speak different languages, but I think there's been an influence, which has caused like clicks within within the group, South American clicks within the group, and um, and that's what the, that's basically what the club has become. I think it's important that we get somebody in like an awesome Wenger with Zinedine Zidane. That would be my choice, and um, and and start to also recruit in Ligan. That is something that we are not doing. That yeah. other clubs are doing, like Real Madrid. They they're recruiting from Ligan. Why are we not recruiting? Now I know. Chum, look, I know there's going to be a PSG tax on it. I know that the club are going to have to pay more. But there is so much talent in this league. Right, that that, that can enhance this football club and give more than some of the players that are on £300,000 a week are giving. I would, first thing I would do, regardless of Mbappe goes or not, PSG need a striker. They need somebody up top who can put the ball in the net because Cavani still hasn't been replaced. And the first person I would go, the first thing I would go and do is go down to Nice and go and get Amin He's going to be the French number 9 for many years to come. He is a tremendous talent. Now, he might not be the star-studied name, but he's going to develop. He's going to work hard. He's going to score goals in that team. And I would go and get him.
0: Would you uh, get uh, Gautier I mean, as well as manager?
1: <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. I had a conversation with a friend of mine. Um, the only way I would get him is if you don't have Messi and Neymar in your team. I just can't see how he coaches players like that. Um, it, I that's where I could see him falling short. But he's a wonderful manager, a great guy. I, you know, have what's not to like about him? Um, but no, I would I, I would go and get Amin I would also buy some other plays from Ligan and i I'd love to see, a, a, you know, somebody like Sekro Fofana into the squad, whether he'd be a starter or not, but certainly into the squad. He can offer an engine, a work rate, um, that tenacity in midfield. Um, wonderful, wonderful footballer. Um, I'd also go and get a cheeky bid for Ryan Turkey uh, Ryan at uh, 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 Leon. Leon. Now, yeah. great talent, out of contract in 2023. I would go for a cheeky bid for him. He needs out of Leon. He needs to change of scenery. He's got all the ability in the world. I know he's had some injury problems and he's certainly fallen out of favour with Peter Bosch, who barely gives him any minutes, but there is a real player in him. And whoever picks him up is going to, you know, in the future, whoever picks him up is going to have a real player on their hands. I would have a cheeky bid for Ryan Cherky. And I think he that's a move that he would take. Then you've got some of the guys we've got in our youth system that need to come through and start playing with this team. I'd start to bring some of the young lads through. Simmons. You know, uh, Garvey. Simmons. And yes, we, we, we there's some great, great players in there that are going to go on and do great things. You just look at Nkunku, what he's doing, and you look at DRB, and I never got DRB. I never understood why he left. I never got, I never got that. It never made any sense to me. You every time he played, he he gave so much. And you could see that he was developing and he was he was getting better and better and better. And then he left. And, you know, at worst, it would have been a, a wonderful squad player for us. But these players have gone on and done great elsewhere over in the Bundesliga and it's of no surprise to me. What I do like, though, in terms of PSG, is is the defence and the goalkeeper. Because what we're doing now is we're, we're, we're trimming the, the, the average age of the team. So what we've got is... Donnarumov 22-23, we've got young centre-backs, we've got, you know, Marquinhos Campembe' we've got years ahead of them, Hakimi, Nuno Mendes. So with that back line and that that goalkeeper is, you know, for the next five, six, seven, eight years is is looking very solid. But that midfield needs some regeneration, that forward line, you know, Di Maria 34, Messi 34, Neymar 30 but lost his pace. This is why we don't counter-attack with the way we used to counter-attack. Everything's very, very slow now. So, you know, that you can see why so we, we don't score as many goals as we used to because we've got no pace. We used to be a blistering pace. It's gone. It's gone. We need to trim that midf- the average age of that midfield in that attack. That's a huge part of the regeneration that needs to happen in this team.
0: Yeah, I'm almost thinking you mentioned Neymar there being older. And there was a report today I saw Newcastle who have all this new uh, money and they want to splash the cash. Could you dump Neymar off on them? And I love Christopher Nkuku. I think I tweet them every day. Please come back. Could you use some of that Neymar money and and bring Nkuku back? He's pricey now. I mean, their top teams want him. And we just kind of like, okay, go ahead. You mentioned Diaby. Love to see him. Zagadu at uh, Dortmund. Maybe could he come back and challenge Kimpembe? Um It doesn't seem like Sergio Ramos has any interest in playing anytime soon, so maybe we need another centre back in. <laughs> Don't
1: get me started on him. Ed.
0: <laughs> Don't get me
1: started on him. But um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Go ahead. We, we're, yeah, we've got. We should be investing in our in, in, in our players from from our region. It's it's an absolute you know melting pot of talent in in the Eau de France region of, 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 of France. So you know, so many wonderful players in there. Um, and we need to we need to really tap into that. I don't know why we're throwing all our of away. It makes no sense. This is what I'm saying. A whole complete up, you know, you just it needs completely ripping up and 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 and, and I'm not talking about the, the club in as a as a whole because it doesn't because we've got some, you know, we, we, some of the foundations we've got in the team are, are fantastic. Um but we need an overhaul of the mentality of of, of the way in which we approach this club, we don't have to have star-studded names all over the pitch, right? The Real Madrid team of the 2000s will tell you that that doesn't work. That doesn't work. But you know what we need now is is a balanced team that are going to fight and work hard for each other, and and you know and, and make those sacrifices. We're going to defend as a team. We're going to attack as a team. You know, not splitting off eight defenders and Neymar and Mbappe and, and Messi up. You know, um, um, up top doing nothing. We, we, we need to now work together as a team to push forward. Cause it's the only way we're going to win this competition.
0: I mean, it, as you mentioned, everyone outside can see what the issues are. I think you and I need to go in. We could run this club. I'll work for store credit. You know, you don't have to pay me much. Just let me go in the store and get whatever I want. Some Jordan gear. Or Absolutely.
1: Whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a deal. That is. Yeah. I,
0: I would love to turn That's this around. It. It's, it's so clear what needs to happen. So um, we'll have to wait and see. We only got a couple months to the end of the season and then We'll see. I think before we can buy any of these players, we talked about, we definitely have to sell, and Leonardo cannot sell to save his life, mostly because he gave these players outrageous wages, like Draxler, and he's the one that just sticks out. But Winaldum, you just can't sell these players. I just don't know how you get rid of them. So I don't know. Well, that's
1: that's the that's the other, that's the other problem. I think Winaldum you can get rid of because I think he generally wants to leave. But it's it's a people like Casado, it's a people like And Herrera. Mm-hmm. It's those you know those types of players, Tilo Kera. These are the players that are on big contracts that don't want to leave regardless of how much game time they have. They don't want to leave the club. And that's where the problem is going to be is trying to get these guys out the door that are on these big contracts. Because why should they leave?
0: Why yeah. should they? They're going to a lot to live yeah. in, in Paris. <laughs> it's a pretty sweet deal if you can get it.
1: There you go. There you go. So some, whoever's going to be the sporting director has got some serious work to do.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, let's put a pin in it there. Uh, we've kept you long enough. Thank you so much, Lee. Let everyone know how they can find you on Twitter if they want to interact with you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, it's under. Sorry, it's at underscore Lee Davy. D A V E Y. Hit me up on Twitter. It'd be good to chat with uh with you guys. Um, yeah. Always, always, always looking to talk PSG. Anytime. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic, and PSG play Monaco uh, tomorrow. Uh, I was just looking at the time. Looks like it's going to be a six AM kickoff for me, so I will be up early. People say PSG fans are plastic. You are at the game at Real Madrid. I'm up at six AM to watch Monaco. We're diehards. We just need the team to, to get serious and, and fix these problems we talked about. So, th- Lee, thank we you so certainly much. We
1: not plastic. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs>
0: what, we, what, we what we
1: go through, we, <laughs> we're definitely not plastic, head, I can tell you that.
0: Absolutely not. So hopefully this team can turn it around. We're all hoping. We'll see what the summer brings. Um, But anyway, as always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at PSG Talk. Thanks for reading our articles, listening. Make sure you check out Lee on Twitter and and read his stuff as well. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me.